This is a very significant Sunday. You have come to a really good Sunday. It's not to disparage anyone that couldn't be here. I know we have 40-some people on vacation. Thank God for it. I'm going to go on vacation tomorrow. I don't know where I'm going, but I'm going. I'm going to find a beach somewhere. The Lord's going to speak to me. So uh, this is very significant. I'm going to read uh, this past Tuesday at my house. I had a, I don't know if it was a dream or a vision. It was while I was sleeping, but it was so real that it felt like I was in it. And I was standing over behind our church property, although it wasn't necessarily. I, I just remember seeing a panoramic view of, of Statesville, and at the center of it was our church. Uh, many of you guys were there, probably all of you, but I mean specifically I know someone's. And Lynn Howes was there. Um, who's going to be coming to the church in, uh, in uh, November, if you know who Lynn Hiles is. Uh, I think he was there sig- that signified the camp that their, that their aftershock had gone to because when they come back from those camps, you know, they're on fire. But when I did, I looked up in the sky, and there were two huge portals opened up above our church and above Statesville, two heavenly portals. I mean, they were huge. I would say the size of this, this uh, lighting truss, Circles. And when I looked up and saw them, they were swirling like a whirlwind, but you could see clearly into the heaven. The Lord said, ask, ask now. It was imperative that we were to ask now. And you know what? He didn't say what to ask for. He just said, ask, ask now. You are living in a very significant moment, but you have come to a very significant moment in time, and that time is right now. Just over two years ago, almost exactly two years ago, we stood in the civic center of this city and the Lord spoke to me and says, go out to that witch Hecate, who is the three-headed witch out in our civic center, the fresco that was painted that should be torn down and burned. Um, And he said, you point to that witch and tell her that the principalities and powers of darkness that have long ruled Statesville have power no more and that Statesville will be synonymous with my glory. Two years ago now. And that, that's the first time I'd heard that phrase, but he came to me supernaturally. I actually left our service in the Civic Center, which we did, I did not even want to have church there. But that was the place God led us to. And I spoke to that ugly three-headed thing and said, uh, not, oh, Lord, this is good. Not just for now, but for what was and what is to come. The glory of God is going to fill this place because his glory is timeless. Did you know that his glory can't just go into the future now? His glory can go back into what was and restore things that should have been all, all along. And so you've come to a moment in time today, a very, very heavenly. I had a white-headed prophet that stood in my face last night, and he said these words to me. Not knowing anything about my dream, I've not seen the man. He said, I have called you and chosen you, and I'm going to do a new thing, and it's coming violently, he said. It's coming violently because the apostolic anointing, there will be a violent quaking. The standards will be moved higher because we are going from one glory to another, and it's going to happen violently, but it's going to happen with ease. Amen. That's not just for Joshua Button. That's for True Vine Worship Center. God is bringing a violent shaking, a violent stirring. Now, I want to declare that prophetically. I want to read something with you, and then I want to talk about the power of now because you're, you have come into a very significant moment. At the end of when I get done talking today, you're going to stand up on your feet. We're going to worship, and I'm going to ask you to declare and to ask for what you want and what you want God to do, and I'm going to have you ask for it out loud right now. So go ahead and be thinking. Jot it down on your little paper. I'm going to read my notes. I'm going to read some scripture and then we'll go. 
I believe that now is the accepted time. I believe the dream that I had this past week was a prophetic dream for our church and city. I understand that the Lord has given me uh, apostolic authority in the city of Statesville. That doesn't make me anything special, whatever. I'm just simply a jar, but I understand that what has been poured inside of me is very significant and it's, it's very important. I do have that and I understand that. You may not understand the, significant of this mo the significance of this moment or this place, but I do. And I can promise you uh, this is very powerful and it's going to touch the nations of the earth with what God's doing, what he's going to birth in Truvine this morning with 75 or 100 people, whatever's here. I believe the principalities over this city are terrified at the, at the quaking that is happening as heaven responds to our worship. This is not hopeful rhetoric, but heavenly reality. I also believe that we must discern our moment. Now is the appointed time to begin to ask. We are in the right place at the right time with the right spirit. And I hear our Father inviting, even encouraging, if not commanding us, ask now. Here's what Webster says the word ask means. To call on for an answer. Listen, to call on for an answer. Some of you have been looking for an answer for possibly even years. Today is your day to receive your answer. You better believe it. To make a request, to call for, to invite, to seek information. Now in a few minutes we're going to storm the heavens again with our worship and in that moment I want you to literally stand on your feet, forget about who's beside you and open your mouth and ask for the thing that is deep in your heart that you want to see the Father do. I could say it in my preachy voice and probably get a better response. You want me to do it in my preachy voice? No, you should respond to the voice of the Lord that is telling, if the Lord Jesus Christ were to stand on this stage right now and say, in a few minutes, I'm going to tell you to ask for something, and when you ask, I'm going to cause it to happen, every one of you would be jumping and slobbering out the mouth to say something, but because you don't see him and you see me, you're like, well, we'll see. This is not a rebuke, but maybe it is a little bit of a reproof. You need to be excited about this because I'm telling you, this is going to be a marker in your history. You'll look back at this day. This will be a monumental time in your life. You'll say, that was the day. That was the day that I asked and God did it. That was the day that everything changed. That was, and I didn't even know it was significant. I came to church looking for something natural, but God transferred me and translated me into the supernatural, and he did it anyways because I asked, because I discerned my moment. Now, here's the key. If you don't discern your moment, then you're going to leave here and nothing's going to happen for you. If I had stood in that dream with those open portals and never opened my mouth, then whenever they closed up, it would have been my problem that I didn't say what I wanted in that dream. But I can promise you, in the dream I didn't say anything because when the Lord said, ask, ask now, I woke up. Second Corinthians chapter 6 this is from the passion translation this is Paul speaking he says now since we are God's co-workers if you're God's co-workers that means you got to do some work too we beg you not to take God's marvelous grace for granted which would allow it to have no effect on your lives for he says I listen to you at the time of my favor and the day when you needed salvation I came to your aid. So can't you see now is the time to respond to his favor. Now is the day of salvation. We will not place obstacles in anyone's way that hinder them from coming to salvation so that our ministry will not be discredited. 
And just in case you didn't know, salvation is not just saving you from a fiery inferno. Salvation is salvation of your spirit, soul, mind, and body. When I preach in India, and I've done it, when I preach in Africa, I learned as a very young boy, a lot of part of your salvation is not just what God does to your spirit, but he says that if the same spirit which raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives in you, he will quicken, which means make alive your mortal body. And we believe in the salvation of spirit, and yet we suffer physically. We believe in the salvation of spirit, but then our soul, our emotions are all over the place. But Jesus is looking for a holy, righteous people that will believe him for the salvation of spirit, soul, and body. We have great endurance and hardships and persecutions. We don't lose courage in a time of stress and calamity. We've been beaten many times, imprisoned, and found ourselves in the midst of riots. We've endured many troubles, had sleepless nights, and gone hungry. We've proved ourselves by our lifestyles of purity, by our spiritual insights, our patience, and by showing kindness, by the spirit of holiness, and by, excuse me, our uncritical love for you. We commend ourselves to you by our truthful teachings, by the power of God working through us, and with the mighty weapons of righteousness, a sword in one hand and a shield in the other, good God Almighty, amid honor or dishonor, slander or praise, even when we're treated as deceivers and imposters, we remain steadfast and true. I know there are some of you in here that are hearing me that have been called imposters, that have said you're not doing it like myself, but I'm still going to declare the word to you anyways. Today is your now. Do you remember me preaching to you about three weeks ago about God's beautiful now? Does anybody remember? He makes all things beautiful in his time. This is from Ecclesiastes. To everything there's a season. The literal rendering is God makes everything in his beautiful now. I feel like I need to get, do you have, can you find an organ and make it real churchy sounding? I'm just kidding. No, 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 don't, no, no, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. I'm no T.D. Jakes. Believe me, that man don't need it. I love Jakes, I'm just saying, but you get that little extra. People go crazy. They don't know they're only going crazy because of modulation of organ, not necessarily because somebody, I've heard people try to preach like Jakes and they hadn't said a thing, but because the organ sounds good, they're losing their mind. Like, what did the guy say? He said, you know, today's a great day. You're going to be blessed. Somebody gets up for you and prophetically declares the word of the Lord, and you sit there like nobody said a word. But that's okay. Amid honor, dishonor, slander, or praise, imposters, we remain steadfast and true. We are unknown nobodies whom everyone knows. We are frequently at death's door, yet here we are, still alive. We have been severely punished, yet not executed. We may suffer, yet in every season we are always found rejoicing. We may be poor, yet we bestow great riches on many. We seem to have nothing, yet in reality we possess all things. My friends at Corinth, our hearts are wide open to you, and we speak freely, holding nothing back from you. If there is a block in our relationship, it is not with us, for we carry you in our hearts with great love, yet you still withhold your affections from us. So I speak to you as our children. Make room in your hearts for us as we have done for you. Don't continue to team up with unbelievers in mismatched alliances, for what partnership is there between righteousness and rebellion? Who could mingle light with darkness? What harmony can there be between Christ and Satan? 
Or what does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? What friendship does God's temple have with demons? For indeed, we are the temple of the living God, just as God has said, I will make my home in them and will walk among them. I will be their God and they will be my people. For this reason, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Touch nothing that is unclean and I will embrace you. I will be a true father to you and you will be my beloved sons and daughters, says the Lord Yahweh Almighty. The Lord is asking for you to ask now. The heavens are open over this place, and the time of his favor is now. It does not matter that you have asked before, and it didn't happen because there were about 19 or 20 of you when I first said it that you said, I've heard this before. You better put that, put that in, in your back pocket and be done with Matter of fact, take it to the bathroom and flush it because today is your time of favor. It does not matter that you've asked before and that it didn't happen. What matters is now is the appointed time. Your Kairos moment, your Epoch moment. Ask now. We're going to storm heaven again with our worship. Come on up, guys. And as we do, I want you to ask God. I want you to ask for more. I want you to open your mouth and make your request known. I want you to open your mouth as though God himself were standing before you saying, What do you, like on the notebook, what do you want? You know the movie. What do you want? I like the meme. It says this is like talking to a woman asking what she wants to eat. What do you want? <laughs> the Lord stands before you today and says, what do you want? The time to ask is now. There are portals opening above Statesville and above this church. I promise you, I don't know why that happens. The Lord spoke to me specifically this morning and said there's a portal open above your church building. He used the word building, which means that there's a geographical reason that this portal over this place is open. There's one open up on Moravian Falls. You can go up there and you can go up there and worship and sit. And if you stay long enough, you will have a manifestation. The Lord will show you something. An angel will come to you. It's happened all the time. I've had that happen. Elizabeth and I came off the highway in Statesville one time. The Lord said, give that man money. He, there are a lot of people, panhandlers, and that's fine. We try to bless everybody, but he was different. And I said, dude, do you see his eyes? And I said, sir, what is your name? He said, I am Justice. I said, I'm glad I gave that guy some money. <laughs> yeah, because he was not a man. He was an angel sent. What would you do if God answered your request today? That's a, it's a big request. Will we serve a, do we serve a big God or don't we? <laughs> Baby. Do we serve a big God? She said, hmm. Man, Josh, this is weird. Well, you better fasten your safety belts because that's the way the kingdom works. Did you know most of the time that Jesus taught or preached, most of the people walked off like, what did he say? What just happened? He messed the whole program up. I, mean, I was coming here, you know, the Sanhedrin, I was going to do some chants and some prayers, shake some hands, throw my money in the bucket. And go home, and here comes this Jesus guy saying, heaven is open above you. Or he said things like this, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And they looked at him like, what are you talking about? He would say, the kingdom of God comes not with observation, but the kingdom of God is in you. There's two ways to look at that. One of it is it doesn't come with sight, but it's not really just that. The kingdom doesn't come by observing laws and, and, and statutes. The kingdom is within you. What is it that you want? 
What is it that you want? Do you remember when Jesus, Jesus, he heals a blind man once in the New Testament? And, and the church, the Sanhedrin, they hated Jesus because Jesus was just real. He wasn't like them because they were manipulating. They were good with words and they knew how to pray in front of people and they dressed the right way and they said the right things so they'd get the right money. They could keep power and, and hold sway over people. But Jesus wasn't like that. And they came to a, a man that was blind, but now he could see, Tim. And they said to him, are you saying this guy's the master? Is he the savior? You know what the guy says? He said, man, whether he's Messiah or not, I don't know, but I can tell you this, I was blind, but now I see. What he was saying was, theologically, I don't have an answer for what happened. I can just tell you the truth is, I couldn't see then. The man touched me, and I can see now. You may not have a theological explanation for what's happening today. You don't have to have it. God doesn't give you things by way of theology. It comes by way of relationship. <laughs> it comes by way of relationship. And because of his love for you, his great love for you, I can promise you over states we have contended for two years. I cannot tell you how many times, if I can use the word tempted, I'll use that word. I have been tempted to say, you know what, years ago this was my father's church. To honor him, I didn't want this thing to go on, I've done everything, but I'm, but I'm finished with this. I love God and I love people, but I'm not doing this anymore. You don't know the pain of standing up behind the, a podium and going to people's houses and praying with them over the phone or over messenger and doing it for years and then one day you get the message from hell that says oh we felt led to go somewhere else or not even get a message I don't think anybody here has done that I'm not talking about you but but I'm but this has happened again and again or I'm offended by something you said or I'm offended by something that you did or I'm not offended I just don't like it there anymore what that does to a man who's in his 30s, who's doing everything he can to pour out his heart and his family to keep something together, it makes him want to do this. And yet there's always been something inside of me that says, there's something for Statesville, and I've put you in Statesville for a reason, and you're not going to quit, and you're not walking away until you see the manifestation of what I promised. Not just you, but your fathers. Not just you, but your fathers. This is a many-generational occurrence that's happened. There have been generations of men before us in Statesville that have contended. But we started two years ago, and I said, I refuse to leave. And you should know some of the offers that we've gotten. You would, you'd be surprised how commercial churches can be. If you come down here, we'll pay you this and give you this and give you this. We've been offered hundreds of thousands of dollars to leave Statesville. But you know what? None of that, none of that, none of it compares to you receiving what God's going to give for you today. And me looking and saying, I told you. I told you if you would believe, you would see the glory. Amen. I'm, a, I'm a child of Statesville. I was, my father delivered me on Park Drive. On purpose. I, like it wasn't an accident. Mom didn't go to labor and pop me out. He's like, let's do this on our own. Great idea. It went so well, they delivered the next three at home, too. I don't recommend that. Tony, Isaiah, don't even think about it. I can tell you mom and daddy ain't going to have that. <laughs> there has to come a time where we don't just declare Statesville will be synonymous with the glory, but that we watch the heavens open and say, I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving here. I don't care if it's 217. I'm not leaving here. Jacob grabbed on to that angel or that man or God, whichever translation you want to read or believe. And he said, you got to let me go. He said, what's your name? He said, I'm not going to tell you what my name is, but I'll tell you what I will do. I'll change your name. I'll change your nature. Because Jacob looked at him and said, I won't let you go until you bless me.
You know what else happened? You know what else happened? Jacob wakes up and says, surely the Lord was in this place and I didn't even know it. There's a lot of you that if you woke up right now, you'd say, man, the Lord was here and I didn't even know it. You know what is, is very interesting about that place where Jacob slept on that, on that rock? It's a place where his father contended for breakthrough and where his grandfather contended for breakthrough. Abraham. There are generations of, you need to get a mic and sing, Marie. There have been generations of men that have spoken in this city waiting for what's going to happen today. This, I, I, this is going to be like a birthday. I, I mean, I'm excited. I want to celebrate with you. When the Lord says so, I'm standing on my feet. I'm going to make some declaration. I'm going to ask. Matthew 7, 7 says, Ask, and it shall be given unto you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and the door will be opened unto you. I'm going to ask God for some things today. You can ask Him for big. You can ask Him for little. It doesn't matter. Whatever is on your heart, I want you to ask Him. And don't say, well, I've already asked Him. Ask Him again. Because now is the appointed time. Now is the time for your favor. Let's all stand on our feet. Let's all stand on our feet. Go ahead and use the microphone to sing. Turn that piano up. Here we go. I'm going to read it to you one more time. I listened to you at the time of my favor. In the day when you needed salvation, I came to your aid. So can't you see now is the time to respond to his favor? This is the Bible. Now is the day of salvation. Now is the time to respond to his favor. Now is the day of salvation. I hear the Lord saying, the portals are open. Ask, ask now. Come on, ask, ask now. Ask and ask now. Father, I ask right now for the completion of the vision that you gave me for this place, that the finance comes into this building in the next six months to completely pay for that. I ask for the restitution, Father, and the restoral of relationships that I've had with my wife and my children and, and people in this church and people in our community. I pray for it. I ask you for it right now. I ask you for every dollar that was ever supposed to have been given into our lives that we walked away from, Lord, because we wanted to do things, that it would be turned back into us right now. I ask, Lord, for Diane to be able to write the check that she talked about and that she would be able to leave it blank and people could fill it in. I ask for the health of the kingdom of God, the very health of Christ himself to come upon my body, upon the body of my wife, on her shoulder, upon my children, Father, that we would live in divine health, that we would receive the fullness of our salvation, spirit, soul, and body. Am I the only one talking? Because I'm the only one that I hear. Come on, open your mouth and begin to ask. Ask right now. Ask right now. If you're too ashamed to ask, you're not desperate enough to receive. Come on, open your mouth. There is an open portal above this place. I ask for Statesville to be so synonymous with the glory that every nation of the earth would know the name of Statesville and say, that's where the glory of God is poured out. I pray for revival, not the kind of revival that we think of being church, but actual dead things coming back to life. That there would be a revival of the presence of God in Statesville. That there would be a revival of the hunger for the things of God in Statesville. That there would be a revival of community in Statesville. That there would be a revival of unity among many races and cultures in Statesville. In Jesus' name. 
ask you to break the ugly political spirit that has tried to divide your people on the basis of gender or color or creed or culture in the name of Jesus. That we would be one bread and one body. That we would be known as the body of Christ, the church of the living God. Come on, somebody. Ask God for some big things this morning.
to be Ask and ask now Ask and ask now Suddenly the Lord comes to his temple Suddenly the Lord comes and says, ask now, ask now. I release suddenlies in the midst. He says, I release suddenlies in the midst. Grab yours, grab it now. Look, I want to tell you something. I want you to listen to me for a minute. This is an old Bible story that you know well. Don't stop playing. Jesus is on his way to heal a girl who's 12 years old who is the daughter of Jairus who is a, has come off a boat and knelt down at his feet and says, will you come heal my daughter? And Jesus said, let's go. And on Jesus' way to heal this little girl who was laid dying, this woman made her way through a crowd and touched Jesus. The you know her as the woman with the issue of blood. She had had an issue of blood for 12 years, and she had spent all of her money on doctors, and none of the doctors could heal her. Nothing that she had paid money for could heal her. Now she's poor. Now she's abandoned. Now she's been told to go away. And yet, Jesus is not on his way to her house. You better know that in, in the Bible, the reason that this woman is even mentioned in the Bible is because she was not waiting for Jesus to come and get her. She decided, I'm going to go get mine from him. And there are a lot of you here that you may not feel like God has come your way. And the issue is not whether or not you feel like Jesus is coming to your house, but do you want what you want bad enough that even though you might not feel it or see him coming your way, you're not going to leave until you find your way up under his feet and say, I've come to have mine. Jesus stopped what he was doing in so much that the girl dies. Why? Because this woman had enough gumption, enough to say, if I can just get to the hem of his garment, we'll leave the revelation about what that might mean out. Let's just say, if I can touch him, if I can get to the hem of his clothes, I'll be made whole. And when she touches his clothes, he, he turns around and says a very peculiar thing, who touched me? And yet the Bible doesn't say she touched him, it says she touched his clothes. But, but she touched him because the part of her that touched him was the part inside that says, if I can just get to him, I'm going to get mine. And Jesus says, who touched me? And Peter says, what do you mean who touched you? There are thousands of people around you, which means the same opportunity was for them that's for this woman. The difference is the virtue of the, of the living God went out of his body and healed her issue in that moment. Why? Because she didn't wait. She didn't wait for lightning and thunder. She didn't wait for Jesus to show up at her face and say, this is going to happen. She made her way to him and said, I'm going to find my way to him and get my issue dealt with. How many of you are willing to, you don't feel Jesus, you don't see Jesus. He's not making his way to your house, but you'll make your way to his. I'm going to find mine. This is not happy rhetoric, and I'm not trying to make you feel something. Obviously, if I was going to have a church service to perform, it would be a lot better performance than this. I would rather see the Lord perform signs and wonders and do His thing than for me to do my best thing. And He's ready to perform it. So what is it? Ask and ask now. 
Ask and ask now. Ask and ask now. Everybody sing. Everybody sing. We'll be done in a minute. you're contending for now you're going to see in the days to come don't give up who's sick who is here that's sick Isaiah I'm yelling give me some juice on this thing nobody nobody's sick well that's wonderful you're sick come up to the front it's going to be all right. Hold on a minute, but keep that quiet while I'm talking. Play it, but play it softly. Cancer in his stomach. They've stopped radiation because he's lost so much weight. 
The Bible says that at the name of Jesus, everything that names a name will bow. That don't just mean people. That means the name like cancer. So when I touch your belly, there's going to be a fire go inside of you. And I can promise you cancer is terrified of the voice that's inside of me. Cancer, get out in the name of Jesus. I declare you to go. I'm telling you now to go. In the name of Jesus, I stand in the name of Jesus. I stand in the stead of Jesus as the Son of God and tell you to leave. You're an ugly infirmity. You're an ugly spirit that has attacked my brother, and I command you to leave his body in the name of Jesus. Now let the healing virtue of the risen Christ into his stomach and let him stand and say, my God, I don't know what happened, but the cancer's gone. This is, this is a part of your salvation. Do you believe in Jesus? Hang on a minute. I know you believe in him. You've been a believer your whole life. So you believe Jesus lives. You believe that he died on the cross, that he rose from the dead. Do you think that a man that would rise from the dead and give to us the abundance of that spirit would want you to suffer with cancer? He doesn't want you to suffer with cancer. Do you know that the Bible says that with your stripe, with his stripes we were healed? The New Testament says by his stripes we are healed. The Bible says that healing is the children's bread and that he would arise with healing in his wings. We, 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 we read this in the Bible and we don't believe for it and we struggle and die because we don't understand what our inheritance is. A part of your salvation is the healing of your body and I'm going to watch it come to pass. Go get tested and come back and let us know. God bless you. Actually, I go to, I'm getting a second opinion. I'm going to Baptist Health. He said he's getting a second. You're going to get a third opinion because the first opinion is you're healed. And it's his opinion. That's the only one that matters. You're just going to get it confirmed. I mean this. You wait and see. Wait when he comes and says God healed me. He's going this week to Baptist Health for what he says is the second opinion. It's going to be the third because the first opinion is his father's opinion that says you're healed, young man. God, I feel heavy now. feel heavy right now, heavy right now, God Almighty. Your salvation includes the healing of your body. Who else is sick? Are you sick? Autoimmune diagnoses is what she's received. Here's the new diagnosis. Healed, restored, and completely healthy. Not because of anything that I say or do, but because of who he is and because of what he paid for on your behalf. Autoimmune, you can go right out that garage door that she opened right now. In the name of Jesus, you'll not stay in this body. In the name of Jesus, get out. When we understand that infirmity is a spirit, then we talk to it like it's a spirit. And when we understand that it is subject to the spirit that is within us, then we talk to it like a dog and say, get out. If an unwanted dog comes on my porch, don't call PETA, but if an, undog animal, if an unwanted animal comes on my porch, they're gonna have one of two choices. You're gonna get off because I told you to, or I'm gonna chase you off kicking you the whole time. It's the same with the spirit of infirmity. You've got to command. I said to get off of my property. You're just going to have to have enough gumption to understand sickness and infirmity is a spirit and it is subject to the Holy Spirit that is inside of you. And when you understand that, you say, sickness, I command you to leave.
My God, Jesus just walked up one day and a man said, full of devils, full of devils, full of devils. Today he would be diagnosed with all kinds of mental diseases and mental disorder, but the truth of it was he was full of devils. And they yelled out and said, whoa, son of God. I like how they call him that, the son. They understand sons. They always recognize true sons that carry the name and the spirit of their father. And they said, have you come to torment us before our time? Can we just go into the pigs? And Jesus said to them, go. Because it was infirmity. It was spirit. It's always spiritual. The attack on Statesville has always been spiritual. It's not racial and it's not cultural. It is spiritual. And if we go into the high places and fight the fight there, then it just, it comes down. And the next thing you know, my God, people love each other again. And they get along again. And they see skin color, but they don't judge on skin color. God. Who's sick? Nobody. Thank God for a healthy church. Who's depressed? I just figure I'm going to help you out a little bit. You can ask and receive it yourself, but I figure maybe if I call some of these things out, we'll go ahead and see the manifestation right now. And what it does is it causes other people's faith to be, oh my God, look what God just, if he'll do it for them, maybe he'll do it for me. Who needs more money? Every one of you, in the name of Jesus, I release the treasury of heaven. Here, listen to this. You're going to get two things. When God, hang on guys. When God releases this, he releases two things. Wisdom to know how to handle his money, and then he'll give you his money. What we do is we ask for money, and the Lord knows if I give you money and I don't give you wisdom, you're going you're gonna to hurt yourself. So, Father, I pray for two things because you told me to. I declare over everyone that raised their hands, including that woman and myself, I declare wisdom, and I declare the treasury of heaven to be, in fact, the treasury of heaven is not money, it's wisdom, because wisdom attracts money. It's true. Money is attracted to God, and God is inside of you. Money should be attracted to you. But there's a whole lot of promises that have been held up. I told you this a couple weeks ago, just because we haven't reached a state of maturity. I'm not giving Rachel my truck right now because she's seven and would hurt herself and a whole lot of other people. But when the time comes, she wants whatever truck I've got at the time, she can have it. So Father, we don't just pray for money, we pray for wisdom and maturity so we know how to deal with it. We don't just pray for health, we, we choose to make right decisions concerning our body. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. As you think, so are you. If you think you're always going to be poor and sick, I can promise you, you will always be poor and sick. What is it Henry Ford said years ago? If you believe you can or if you believe you cannot, in both instances, you're right. I believe that I'm looking at a holy, holistic body. I believe that I'm looking at the first fruits of many thousands of people that will come to maturity as sons of God, as disciples of Christ, not just church people. Not church people. That's why this place ain't packed yet because most of Statesville is church people. And I love church people, but God did not call us to win church people, but to win disciples, to disciple nations. And they're going to be disciples come here, and they're going to learn to grow up and say, you know what, it don't matter if I can get a hold of the preacher or not, or the anointed prayer cloth, and I don't even have to send in my best $100 seed to TBN. I can be healed because I have a direct line with my Father. 
Stop sending $100 to TBN. Put it right here. I'm not kidding. You receive from here. You should sow here. Everybody free? Everybody clear? Did anybody, everybody make a request from the Lord? Write it down before you leave. And when it happens, stand up here and say, you're not going to believe, like Amanda did, and like Bill did last week, and like Diane did when she came up, stand up here and say, look what God did. You're tired of not sleeping? You want to sleep like a baby? Okay. Father, in the name of Jesus, I speak to this spirit that has kept her troubled and the spirit that has kept her stressed out, the spirit of anxiety right now, not just over Abby, but over this whole church. I command you to bow your knee right now. You are to leave her. Let the Prince of Peace, let the Prince of Peace so hold her, Father tonight that she sleeps like a newborn baby you not sleeping is a spiritual battle that is manifesting itself in your body and now I'm going Jesus said something he said these words when he stood on the earth he said my peace I give you which is to say peace is not earned and you can't get it it's a gift and here hold out your hands just to signify right now I give you the peace of the Lord will sleep hold her you will sleep like a baby tonight text me don't wake her up in the morning let her sleep unless she has something she has to do go home lay down and we'll see you tomorrow sometime uh, you're a very prophetic person you already we've already talked about this you see things what you have to learn how to do in maturity is when those things it's it's okay to say I need to rest now and allow yourself to rest the Lord gives you the gift of rest and gives you the gift of peace okay all those things are still going on when we sleep or when we awake you don't always have to be aware of all the stuff that's going on so there's gonna be a calmness that'll come to you in a rest I know what that feels like there's so much stuff it's going on in the spirit that's what's keeping you awake and then you stress out about it because you can't change it all at once and then you can't go to sleep rest in peace rest and peace I love Abby Good. What are you gonna, What are you going to do when, when the revival he talked about in North Georgia? What are you going to do when people are coming to Statesville by the thousands and tens of thousands? I asked him this morning for the nations. He told. He actually. That's actually something he told us to do is ask for the nations. I've been there. Now they're going to come here. Nations will come to the glory of your rising. Have you ever read that? Nations are coming. They're coming. Matter of fact, they already did. They already hit me up on Messenger every single day anyways. Prophet of God. I have one prophet that never stops. Love him. He'll be coming. Some have already been here. That's right. If you could open up your spiritual eyes and see, you would be amazed at the angelic activity that's happening right now. <laughs> some of you, some of you can't see it. This is a new day, this is a new hour, and this is the season of favor for you. You need to begin to ask things. What, did you ask for something this morning? Yes, sir. You did? Wait for it, because it's coming. You ain't, gotta, you ain't gonna wait long. It's coming. I needed to tell you, I needed to tell you because the Lord said, tell him. I know you believe it, but it's coming.
The Lord is handing out babies this morning. You've been trying to have a baby. You can't have a baby. Here you go. In the name of Jesus. The womb, open up. Be able to nourish and nurture that child. Seed, be completely healed so that you can fertilize an egg in the name of Jesus. Somebody been praying for a companion, a husband or a wife, and you don't already have one. If you do, you need help. I mean, if you're asking for another one, God ain't going to give you that. <laughs> no, he's going to make your relationship with yours better. The way he does that, he's going to change your mind. But some of you are single begging for a companion. Here it is right now. The Lord's giving out husbands and wives. In the name of Jesus, Marie, you came to my mind first. In the name of Jesus, bring her husband. The thing about Adam and Eve, did you know that they were the first couple ever? Adam never went looking for Eve. This is a funny thing that happens. Have you ever thought about this? God creates all things in the garden, and he says, it is good, day one. Day two, it is good. Day three is good. Day All the way up to the day he created man, and we created man, he said, it is very good. So everything in the garden of God is good and for good. And then God says something so peculiar, before the entrance of sin, he says, and God saw that it was not good that man was alone. In the perfect garden of God, where there is no sin, loneliness is not good. And having to be alone is not good. He said, so I'm going to create for that man a helper. And so he puts Adam into a deep sleep. He pulls a rib out of Adam. He creates Eve. And then Adam doesn't go looking for Eve. Adam doesn't even know that he needs an Eve, but he needs an Eve. And when it, the time was right, God did this. I, I'm not giving you to nobody. Come on. God did this. He brought Eve and said, Adam. And Adam looked and he said, whoa, man. <laughs> yeah. She wasn't looking for him, and he wasn't looking for her. But the, at the appointed time, God brought something that caused the man to go, whoa, man. I, I counsel people with this all the time. I just need my husband. I said, no, you don't. You need to grow up some because you wouldn't be able to keep a husband. I need God to bring me a wife, and you don't have a job. You don't have your own house. You ain't had a job for more than two weeks in your whole life, and you want a wife. You might want to get a job and a house first. I can't wait to the day somebody comes asking they marry my daughter because they better be rich and prophets. <laughs> That's the qualifier. You better be rich and you better be a prophet. You say they will? Oh, wealthy. Very wealthy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that, thank you for that. That's wisdom. See, this is wisdom. This is wisdom. My daughters will be married to men who are rich, wealthy, and prophets. And have wisdom. So God's giving out companions. You looking for your companion, you're waiting for God to bring him. Well, you say, Father, in the appointed time, you take me by the hand and lead me to him. And, and at the appointed time, Lord, you lead her to me. And let him handle the rest of it. In the meantime, get off of your lazy button, get yourself a job and a house. If somebody came to me and said, can I marry Abby? And she was older and was, you know, when she's 30 and I allow her to finally start dating. God, that's my good word. And they come to me and ask me, the first thing I'm going to ask is, what do you do for a living? And they say, well, I've, I've kind of bounced around. I'm going to say, young man, the best thing you can do is get out that door before I put my attack dog on you and he's 210 pounds. No, you think I'm joking? Wait the day comes. Are you rich? Do you have a lot of money? You do? How much do you have? Are you a tither? You're not? Bye. 
Are you healthy? Are you wealthy? Are you nice looking? You know, are you all these? I want her to have all those things. When my sons decide they're going to get married, I can promise you they will have jobs and they will be able to provide for their family before they're going to go get married. Now, if you don't have this, I ain't throwing stones at you. I'm trying to tell you. I'm 41 years old. been married almost 16 years. I got six kids. You might want to have a job. God, I pray you give me a wife. And the Lord would look back and say, I pray you'd go get some work. I don't know anybody in the church that was born into millions. If you were, you ain't tithing. I, I know that much. I know God's going to bring you your companion just this moment that you're ready for. Why would God get, think about this, whatever he brings to you is his daughter or his son. Why would he give you his daughter that is fully ready and capable when you're not? He wouldn't be a good steward of his own daughters and sons if he brought them to you and you weren't ready. So you want, if you're serious about wanting to have, I know you're not, you're not old enough yet, but if you were serious about having a wife, the first thing I'll say is go get a job and make sure you have a house and have it for a while. Two weeks don't count. Amen. Amen. There are some broken marriages in here. I'm going to speak to them. I'm not going to call you out. I wouldn't do that anyways. Some of you here, some of you aren't here. I declare right now for every single one that lives in a broken marriage, broken relationship, for whatever reason, Lord, I pray right now, I ask that you pour your hot, holy anointing oil right down in the middle of that cracked relationship and marriage, that things that were done to each other that were wrong, Lord, that they would be forgiven, that things that have been said, Lord, that it would be forgiven, and you would bring reconciliation to your people, that you would cause him to love her again the way that he did, the way that he always was supposed to, and you would cause her to love him again the way that she was always supposed to, that it would truly be a holy matrimony. That you would teach your men in this church how to love their wives the way that you love the church. And you would teach the women to love you the way the church submits and loves Christ. I speak to the spirit of confusion. You have no place here. Our Father is not the author of confusion. He is, though, the author and the finisher of our faith. We thank you that anything that you've begun in us, you'll complete it. In Jesus' name. All right, I think I'm done. I think that I'm done. I think that I'm done. I would spend this day asking. I'd spend all day. Sit in your car, go to your house. Sit, you can stay here if you want to. When you're done, lock the doors when you leave. Don't take my guitars. Would not like you if you did that. Father, do what Mary did. She was so wise as a young little teenage girl. When this angel came and shattered her life with what she was going to be and had no idea what was coming, she says the wisest words spoken in that part of the New Testament. She says, be it done unto me according to your word. Anytime somebody prophesies to me, they prophesy, prophesy, lie. Either way, I'll say, Lord, be it done unto me according to your word. According to your word. Because if you spoke it, I receive it and it will come to pass. Because my amen will activate the word and my agreement with it will accelerate that word. Amen. You want to see activation for what you asked for today? Say, I declare it to be so. And then, and you want to see the acceleration of it, the manifestation to come quick? Walk in agreement with it. In other words, if you're asking the Lord to heal you, your body and you fight, your fight is diabetes, you probably shouldn't go out and get six bags of cotton candy. That would be walking in disagreement with what you asked for. I hope nobody likes cotton candy that much. Amen.
services like this, you don't dismiss. You just say you're free to go. Free to go. You're free to stay. The Lord tells you to do something, do it. The Lord tells you to move, move. I'm telling you, there's something special about right here. I've seen it the whole service, but I've especially seen it since I came down and prayed for the man with cancer in his stomach, that had cancer in his stomach. It ain't there now. You know, this doesn't just happen. These things like this don't just happen. This is contended for. This is fought for. We have years and years and years worth of contending for this, for this to happen. It just happens to be his suddenly. Suddenly it's happened like this, but they take a long time to develop. Today's a suddenly. God's handing out suddenlies. When he happens this week, I want you to come share with us next week. You're not going to believe what God did. You're going to believe what he did. Look what God did. Look what he did. Look what he did. It's coming. God bless you. Love you. Just go ahead and say, yeah, hold a minute. Right there. In the name of Jesus, I speak to this cyst in her wrist right now. In the name of, where is she? Where's Sarah? Is that Sarah right there? Sarah, I need you. I speak to the cyst in this wrist right now to go from her body, the cause of to go from her body, and that the healing virtue of the risen Christ right now would come in her, come into her wrist and cause this thing to dissolve, to be done away with from this day and to never come back in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. You are to leave now in the name of Jesus. Robin, I want you to do something that you would normally would, that would hurt you to do with that cyst. Is this, push against my hand. Does that hurt? Like this, this would normally hurt you with the cyst? That right there, push against my hand. In the name of Jesus, I command you to leave. In the name of Jesus, I command, I'm not afraid to say I command you to leave. Healing virtue of the risen Christ by the Holy Spirit come into her body right now and cause this cyst to go away. In the name of Jesus. Do you believe for this? Do you believe for this? I do too. In the name of Jesus. Go away right now in the name of Jesus. Right now in the name of Jesus. Right now, in the, Sarah, take your right hand and put it on her right hand like I'm doing. And put pressure right there until it goes away. In the name of Jesus. Watch it go. I'm going to shrink and go away. Now, I've seen some weird stuff. I saw, I saw a guy with two heads in India. I saw a guy with two sets of ears in India with two noses. I saw God heal all kinds of crazy stuff in India. I want to see it in Statesville. Anytime that the Lord used you to, to pray for somebody for healing, challenge them to do something that hurt before. Clarice used to say, the water doesn't get hard till you step out of the boat. Amen. Everybody good? Are you pointing to her? Are you trying to get my attention? Okay, come on. Don't wait. Come stand in it. That's not a bad idea, actually. One, yeah. Yeah, now spelled backwards is one. We won. That, that's good. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You guys can hang out as long as you want to. I'm out of here.